Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I am Ken Napsa. And we are here for yet another Mandalorian report. We will report our thoughts, our observations, our innermost feelings about the Mandalorian Chapter 4 Sanctuary. Man, this is really fun to watch every episode just as a fan and then kind of watch again. With a little bit more of the old analysis helmet on. It's like you hit some buttons on your wrist controller like the Mando and and see it in a different way. Uh, I think you and I, uh, let's just let's just say, say what it is, man. I think we're in this instant world where everyone must 
tweet and react. I think you and I really enjoy having a moment. Yeah. Have it a moment. Take a deep breath. Have some bone broth like Baby Yoda. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, uh, not germane to chapter four, but Mm. a general Mandalorian question for you as we get into this. I know that the entire world has been utterly spoiled for Baby Yoda. It is not even remotely a secret. It's laughable that it would be a secret. Right. But there is something deep inside me that decided... For the people in Europe and other places in the world who can't buy Disney Plus, yeah. that I won't tweet about Baby Yoda. So at now, I'm thinking about waiting until whatever date it is, March 30th or whatever yeah. it is, and then just unleash with like 87 stored up Baby Yoda <laughs> memes. I, I think you and I are in the same boat. It might be because of what we're doing here in Force Center. Uh, I'm trying to recall. I know I, I was on that Rotten Tomato show and I tweeted out the link to their show and they had put the Baby Yoda picture yeah. as the thumbnail. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, not not that you and I are white knights of international viewers, but <laughs> no. just like yeah, yeah, it's just like I, I get so upset, like with, with a big show like Game of Thrones or something, where uh, you know your people are changing their profile pictures to Joffrey dying. <laughs> like what? What? Just understandable, but but yeah. this thing has has caught on, like right. On I never would have guessed. Yeah, I mean, this is. We're certainly not white knights because it's not like <laughs> I'm going to have the honor to not post it. It's like yeah. it's laughable, right? Baby yes. Yoda is everywhere. There are T-shirts and Hot Topic, right? It's not a secret. You anymore. are in a castle that is burning, <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of Baby Yoda gifts. Exactly. I shall refrain, though. Anyway, let's uh, dive into Chapter Four, Sanctuary. So let's just start with the title. So the first chapter, unless they retroactively give it to it. Like a new hope. Maybe it's a Star Wars tradition. <laughs> yes. Chapter one doesn't have a title. Then we got the child. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, then we have the sin, which was a little bit more dubious and interesting. Sanctuary. Yeah. Did you make anything of the title or were you just like, yeah, it says he's looking for sanctuary. Got it. I got it. But I was, I'll tell you, I was a little, fir- I was like, oh, I'll put a the in front of that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. But the child. The sin. The sanctuary. Yeah. The sanctuary versus sanctuary is it's definitely two different things. Yeah. And, and I, at the end of my second viewing, uh, I mean, for, I wasn't upset. In the, at the first viewing of yeah. uh, the, I, let me tweet about a the, um, but I was like, oh yeah, this makes more sense, and yeah. I can the naming convention can change. <laughs> yes, yes. So, did you uh, enjoy it on a metaphorical level that it was about emotional sanctuary as well? Like mm-hmm. that, that was sort of yeah. teeing up what the episode was. Absolutely, and 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 the idea of of. Of not just finding it, but feeling it, accepting yeah. it, and being separated from that idea, or having sort of a, a, a sanctuary style life presented to you and walking away. All, all, all of it was pretty present, and, and I thought in the end, in the end, that's why I was like, all right, I can live without a the. Yeah. <laughs> Made it past the lack of the. So that means that we move on to overall reaction beyond the title. What was your big picture response to this episode? So. Uh, you and I, uh, in that <laughs> castle, we're in that castle. Uh, I think it's always important to, to take a moment. And I, this was my least favorite episode so far, but I don't enjoy ranking them because, uh, the, the, the story's not told yet. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, some of my favorite things of the show have been in, in this episode. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Some of the best stuff, some of the best visuals, the best Baby Yoda stuff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I still think your choice of Yabi is more accurate. <laughs> uh, 
the ATST signals. So at, at the end of the day, like it serves no great purpose to to hammer home that this was my least favorite. Yeah, yeah. Season three of Game of Thrones is my least favorite, but you know what? It has the red wedding. Like I'm spoiling yeah. things left and right, aren't I? Um, <laughs> I think people are aware generally culturally yeah. of a red wedding. <laughs> so. I'm very glad we didn't run to the mic because when, when the episode ended, a little context, I had watched all three episodes uh, with Grace's sister and her brother-in-law on Thanksgiving. Uh, we were supposed to go see Knives Out. At some point, her sister said, I, I haven't seen that Mandalorian show. And we were like, <laughs> You're like, cancel tickets. Yeah, get Disney Plus now. Okay. And so we literally watched the first three 15 minutes before this one popped up. Oh, wow. Which is another thing, by the way. I wish it would just pop it up, not 1216 on the Roku, 1218 on the Apple TV. Yep. Anyways, uh, monologue over. We watched it, and it felt drastically different in a way. And so we had some, me and Grace collectively had some of the same same issues, quote-unquote issues with it. And then by the time I woke up the next day and watched it again, I was like, oh, yeah, this 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 really satisfied me. Yeah, yeah. I think I was yeah. in the same camp of, I think it did feel different. I think that is actually ultimately one of the strengths, mm. is that it is shifting mm. gears a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, uh, I enjoyed it a lot more in the second viewing. And I think for me, what it was is all of the stuff that I've been enjoying about the Mandalorian is there, which is fun Star Wars action mm-hmm. and character development done in these kind of surprising and fun, minimal ways continued right. baby Yoda bliss, all that stuff. The three previous chapters, the plot itself has always been a, also been a, what is going to happen next? Mm, yeah. And because this one is really straightforward from the previews that they've released from the Lego ATSD Raider right, set. Right. Uh, you know it's going to come. And also the fact that is the entire internet shouted en masse. It's, <laughs> it's Seven Samurai. Uh, that was added for me in that when I got my beloved Clone Wars back from yeah. Disney Plus, I was like, I, the day after Disney Plus launched, I was just like, I want to watch one episode of Clone Wars. Mm. Which is, what's the one standalone one I've been itching to watch? And it's the episode Bounty Hunters, which is also explicitly a Seven Samurai riff, down to having some of the exact same scenes. There is the scene of Anakin teaching the villagers how to fight with uh, staffs and pikes and spears. And it's the exact same scene. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's an homage that that it's more than an homage. It is Star Wars going, okay, we took part of our DNA from you. So (laughs) here you go. Little tip of the hat. Thanks for the DNA. Uh, So I don't dislike it it's just that i think what i was reacting to is the plot itself was not a surprise yeah so all of the joys are the stuff that the character stuff the visual stuff Mm -hmm. some of the canon drops and once i got past the like Mm. oh there's nothing in this plot to surprise me yeah then I really, really enjoyed everything else that I had to offer the next day. This is this is why I just love talking stars with you for the last five years now, really. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, because not only from just when the episode started. The episode starts, you're like, oh, yeah, we're doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the the pictures of Julia Jones in the press, uh, the that shot of them having uh, calf on the... Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the uh, spotchka. Spotchka, yeah, yeah, that's right, spotchka. Um that we saw that was released months ago. We all kind of thought, Oh, that's probably an episode where he helps somebody <laughs> like, a yeah. uh, so, and, 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 and the, the tropes and all those things. And you know, here's, 
We have some friends who uh, put their hat in the ring of the what is the Mandalorian debate <laughs> online. God bless them all. Yes. Here's my answer. Uh, it's not a samurai uh, story. It's not a Western story. It's a Star Wars story. Yeah. That draws heavily, as all Star Wars has from other things. And I think everyone should look and study all those other movies and genres. And But it's a Star Wars show. It is a study of honor and emotional <laughs> repression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the emotional repression really it was just shining yeah. through yeah. in this episode. I think it was one of the best parts about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I ultimately appreciated, uh, for my overall reaction, the environment change in the mm. tone change. Mm. Because I feel like the Mandalorian has been certainly wrestling with all of these issues of is the armor his identity or is it a bit of a cage he needs to right. escape somehow? Right. Uh, and it advances those in great ways that we'll talk about. Mm. But it was we've seen him mostly in dire and physically trying situations mm. and landscapes. Mm. So it was cool to see him confronted by this sort of what if of a beautiful a village that I feel like I have rescued many times in the video game Legend of Zelda. It was so it was the, just <laughs> the emotional feel of even starting yeah. with like the peaceful shot of the beautiful blue fish underwater. Everything about that tone mm-hmm. change was really powerful to make you feel what the Mando was feeling of. Look at how peaceful this could be. Um, the music. We I think you and I sometimes forget to talk about Ludwig Gordonson every yeah. second because he's so good. But I, I listened to that score on, on Spotify the next day and that the opening strains, it's like, it's something pretty different for star Wars. And it yeah. really did a great job of just like, ah, oh, peace. Yeah. Threatened peace. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I think the other big overall thing that I liked is the uh, first three chapters really developed this mystery of who is the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to learn bits and pieces uh, of more and the Mandalorian keeps being surrounded by loudmouths who yeah. maybe say a lot more than he does. So it was cool to see that inverted a little bit in this, you know, we've mostly been seeing just uh, scenes that follow the Mandalorian. Yeah. Whole opening was no Mandalorian. Right. Was somebody else's experience and perspective. And then in particular, in terms of the mystery of who are you, we get this great flip where we're introduced to the mystery of Cara Dune mm-hmm. in the mystery of uh, Omera, Julia Jones' character, right. where there's clearly more going on in their lives. And it almost feels like it's this nice switch where the Mando gets to be the curious one. Of like, yeah. what's your deal? <laughs> what's and you can almost there's some shots where I feel like it's really like him wanting to ask, yeah. but is so sick of other people mm. trying to pierce his mystery armor yeah. that he's not necessarily going to go like, so why did you leave the <laughs> rebellion exactly? The new Republic? Why was that not good for you anymore? And yeah. why are you, why, why can you shoot the hell out of a pot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Omera? How dare she? Um, I thought uh, this episode, when it finished, I, 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 the first thing I actually said to, to Grace is, this is either my least favorite episode or my favorite. Meaning, this was the first time I felt it was uh, delivering the promised show. And when I say promise, no one at Lucasfilm promises. Right. John Favreau didn't promise this. Our expectations watching the, the, the poster art, actually, of, oh, different characters, a lot of dialogue, uh, females allowed to speak other than the armor. <laughs> uh, a lot of those things where I was like, oh, and, and again, it starts with Mandalorian's not present. It's a, it's another sequence of scene. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is this could be what the show could transform into the rest of the way, and I'd be very satisfied. I loved the three little emotional essays, visual essays we got in the first three. I was yeah. really, really blown away by that decision. And it did change, and I was like, okay, but this might expand the character. We'll dive into it with just humor 
conversations. Uh, him talking to uh, uh, Yaby uh, at the beginning, yeah. just having a conversation with, <laughs> and just having more speaking of more normal tones versus warm or cold, like all those kind of Mando catchphrases we've already gotten. Right. He actually felt like a, you know, there's someone real under there. Yeah. And I liked that. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, liked you, that a lot. Really, uh, I think I had some fear that Pedro Pascal was not going to shine through. And mm-hmm. man, oh, man, does he shine through with his mm-hmm. delivery choices. Yep. And, yep. And, and yeah, we just get a lot more of the Mando in a lot of ways. So let's talk about the favorite things, uh, small things and big things. Do you have a small or a big that grabs you right away? Uh, the big thing is how Bryce Dallas Howard and her team, and I forgot, there's a different cinematographer, Greg Frazier, okay. shot the first three. Uh, he, of course, shot Rogue One, right? So uh, it's a, a Baz? Oh, my gosh. I was going to write that. I'm Baz so bad. Lerman. Baz Lerman shot. Um, <laughs> That's why there are so many musical sequences <laughs> Garbage did the soundtrack. Um, you know, that She turned that ATSD into a dinosaur. And it yeah. was, I love Oh, that's that. a great way to say it. Yeah, I loved it was it. total Jurassic Park world time, right? When it pops up, you're, and you know, again, you, you know, yeah. but episode three, you know he's not going to leave the, the child with them, right? You know, I don't think yeah. there's a 2% chance that he'd just see you. <laughs> it's how you get to that thing you know. And like you said, we all kind of figured what the plot was, right, for the opening strains of the music even. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, an ATSD. We, I've seen the Lego, and it. It really just smashed any expectations I had of that sequence. I thought she did a really good job presenting it as a monster, and I love that. That's my big, big sequence. Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it as a monster, and I love taking something that we're all very familiar with and recontextualizing it. Mm -hmm. Not only as a monster, but like Cara Dune seemed to have a little bit of like almost PTSD Mm -hmm. uh, from watching it slaughter people. And I also just love that villagers like, when she's like, it's an ATSD. And like Star Wars fans are like, yeah, it's an ultra-rate scout trooper. And the villagers are like, what are you talking about? We've <laughs> yeah. been fishing krill during all of these wars. <laughs> it's such a great perspective shift to remember yeah. just because we, the audience, know something. That does not mean that every character living in the Star Wars galaxy does. Yeah. And they might have a different perspective on it. Uh, a small thing for me that I went on the old internet and confirmed because I kind of lost my mind, the blaster that the Mandalorian gives to uh, Omera is the same blaster as Bosk's. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So I, I that was my immediate reaction. So then nice. I was like, I'm going to yeah. double check. So it, I have my original Kenner Bosk. Oh, it okay. looks like the mold of the original Kenner Bosk. I looked it up on old uh, Wikipedia. Same blaster. I've been shooting That's grenades great. at people yeah. uh, in Battlefront 2. So, yeah, a, uh, a Relby V10 mortar gun. Nice. So... It was. It's really fun because, like, yeah, hey, that's that's a blaster that's clearly in the galaxy. So, mm. and clearly a good one. So, yeah, the Mandalorian could have it. But it also, if you want to nerd out, opens up the like, did uh, did the Mando kick or kill Bosk? <laughs> Kicks it, kick his ass or kill uh, him? That'd be great. And take is is that straight up actually Bosk's blaster? I'm not rooting against Bosk other than Battlefront <laughs> Two. He kills me all the time. But that, I, I do. I would enjoy that kind of being revealed. That, yeah, that revelation. Yeah. That was one of those mm. just like. Very small detail, nerdy things that just really delighted me. Yeah. Uh, if it's just one of those blasters, or if it is actually Bosks, it opens yeah. up that that fun conversation. Uh, another just small detail that uh, drew me in right away was that weird fishing droid. 
Yes, no, thank you. I call right? it a stork droid or, stork or a droid. flamingo droid, actually, yeah. more ac- accurately. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of an astromech head with those long, spindly long. legs and like, yeah, I want a Black Series now. Yes, totally. <laughs> I don't know what they're called yet. I'm, I hope it's in a databank brawl episode soon. But Oh, yeah. That literally was the sequence was going on and, and I yelled to Grace. I'm like, flamingo droid. <laughs> flamingo droid is perfect. Yeah. Dredge us some krill, <laughs> flamingo droid. So beautiful. Mm. Um, I think the... Uh, a big thing for me is the strange attraction between Omer and Mandalorian. And I guess a strange, mm-hmm. I guess, perfectly natural. Uh, mm. But strange because, for me, the way it was told. Mm. When I finished the first episode, my first viewing of the episode, I was like, I wish there was more there. Sure, yeah. And there's still a part of me that wishes that there was more there. But I think that's me maybe not just accepting what's there yeah but trying to rewrite it on the on the fly which i don't think is the right way to interact with media uh yeah does this make sense like i i had a similar reaction thought of like man if this was an hour-long game of thrones length sopranos length episode we would have had one or two more scenes for them to connect in a more realistic way versus hey they're they're together does, yeah. i don't know if i'm in the same ballpark as you maybe maybe just like i'm definitely eating the hot dogs in the ballpark but just like <laughs> You know, like I knew, you know, okay, they look at each other. So there, there's a connection, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think what I was feeling after my first viewing was, hey, if they have, if uh, the Mandalorian and Cara Dune have been chilling for a couple weeks True, after right. that attack, which they said, you know, we, yep. we raised some hell or whatever it was. They said uh, a couple weeks back, that's going to draw attention. Right. There was a part of me that's like, well, show me one of the conversations they had. Right. But then I take a step back and say, well, if the choice of the creators is to not show something, that means there wasn't necessarily something of substance there. Right. Because I think what I was wanting to see is the Mandalorian reaching out to Omera mm. and asking some of those questions. Right. But I'm going to say that this is, I, I, I'm going to try to practice what I preach of, I don't want to rewrite it. Yeah. If the creators wanted to show me that, mm. they would have. So yeah. Which makes me think that what I have to assume right now is that two weeks have gone by where she brings him his food. And yeah. it's maybe like, do you want to eat with the rest of us? Wink, wink, <laughs> take your helmet off. And he's like, uh, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for your hospitality. <laughs> like, Thank you for your fish. <laughs> he's just saying like, the, the spotchka is very good. Uh, please make sure Baby Yoda plays in the window so I can watch while I eat. <laughs> Nobody look in here while I eat, which yeah. uh, is all great stuff. But yeah. I mean, you, do yeah. you know what I mean? Of like hundred percent there, there's yeah. that, like, how could they, there's clearly an attraction between them. He's clearly impressed by her mm-hmm. curious about how she ended up here. Right. Yeah. Because that's the connection of, she's clearly somebody who knows how to handle herself. Who's yeah. been out there in the galaxy. She has not been here for generations. Right. Or if she was, she left, she did something, came back because yeah. she, she's got some skills and some worldview mm-hmm. that maybe the other villagers don't. So that immediately is like, oh, could I be like that? Yeah. Could I do that? And then, you know, you don't want to undermine just the like they're physically attracted to each other yeah, because yeah. they're both attractive human beings. That's a pretty helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's a yes. pretty helmet. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're you're right. I think that's that's one of the things maybe I felt coming out of both viewings of just like, all right, I, you know, the, it's there because it's there, but I don't want to undercut even the choices of the actors and the choices of of the director of like, I got it, and I think you you you're onto something where of like, 
you could imagine there was a conversation, but if there wasn't some big fireworky moment, yeah, and it was all internal in the Mandalorian's uh, uh, point of view or, or in his brain, it just you know, when she goes to take the helmet off, nope, like you yeah, know, like just almost, almost, that's but it. no, I'm yeah. not ready. Yeah, in yep. two, you imagined weeks of simmering tension where maybe, yeah. maybe she gave him like. Uh, an essay on the history of krill fishing and he was like intriguing <laughs> intriguing very very interesting you are a yeah. good fisher yeah man. but yeah you have to assume that nothing too substantive right. went down and then there's a part of me that's like well come on and then there's another part of me of like but two weeks of uh sexual tension is pretty interesting yeah. with no release no really <laughs> and then ah uh, the helmet still can't come off helmet's gotta stay so close helmet's so close stay. but then i guess you also have that time that you know that the mandalorian is stewing going obviously baby yoda is happy here yeah could i stay here i like i'm attracted to this woman yeah she's made a life here could i make it and somehow he comes to the conclusion that he does not belong in a place like this. Well, Cardoon says it so just directly, right? Like, oh, what a tough life you'd have here, huh? <laughs> Hot lady wants you. Kids happy here. Yeah. I thought that was a key moment. where yeah. So it's clearly there. But but um, his decision to, you know, I'm sure we'll talk our catchphrase here at Force Center. We'll talk in a bit uh, <laughs> about uh, his decision to, to leave the child there. Yeah. It's pretty telling to his state of mind of what he feels he can't do or can't allow himself. But yeah. Uh, yeah. One more scene I would have taken. But this is why their decision to make the show, whether it's completely just budget related or whatever the decision, uh, the, the, whatever factor into this decision of, hey, it's a 35 to 40 minute show right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, I've got to support that, you know, yeah. and not and not wish for 10 more minutes yeah. of just not that, but anything. 10 more minutes of blaster fighting, you know, uh, well, if it's not needed, it's not needed. And I do get the sense is I'm is we're discussing this and I'm discussing it with myself internally. Yeah. While yeah. Also discussing it with you out loud. That's that's one of the uh, things to do, man. That if they if an executive came and said it needs to be 90 minutes, I still think there might not be a deeper scene between mm-hmm. them because the choice is to do this kind of storytelling, to yeah. have that the well done shot on Bryce Dallas Howard's part where he's got a helmet on, but it feels like those two in profile are about to just strip one another's (laughs) clothing and armor off until Cara Dune just visually interrupts the tension between them. There's, there is value in that kind of storytelling of making it super minimal and super just almost intuitive. And that keeps it very much in line with the first three episodes. So I think that's that's a that's a good little note. Yeah, yeah. How did you feel about the shift to everyone talking to him like he's a father? Not. Yeah. I think you could left leave the bounty that you didn't have the stomach to leave with monsters here. And it's it's your child now. Yeah, I. That's a very great point. It's very, it's not even subtle. It just almost, his interactions with the child in the cockpit, the relationship has changed. Yeah. Uh, I really like that they could, that, that they lean into that and yeah. it becomes clear, which is why his decision to maybe leave him behind is actually heartbreaking. I was like, no, <laughs> no. And, and then uh, Grace and I were actually upset. We were yelling at him in the beginning when he just like tells the bartender, like, hey, watch the kid. We're like, you can't do that. Don't leave him in the, yeah. You can't do that um, <laughs> yeah and i've seen some jokes about yeah mando's pretty dumb he just walks around with the the baby mm-hmm. out in a floating crib and uh, you know i think he's pretty confident in who he is to defend yeah. it but um i i enjoy that switch to mando as as you know 
father. Yeah. 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 Not, not kind hearted bounty hunter, but adoptive dad, yeah. uh, in, in a, a list of things we liked, we would be remiss. Uh, baby Yoda's sudden appearances, right? They, even when you know they're coming, they just get better. Here's what I love about this. You're, you're shooting this show last year, right? You're doing most of it last year. You make this very super secretive decision to go with this character. And then Werner Herzog says, you cowards make it practical. <laughs> and they don't know. So they don't know. They're not shooting this show live. It's not a podcast recorded week to week. Yeah. So they lean into it by episode two. It is a it is an absolute just the, 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 the world's f- obsession with this thing has reached this fever pitch. And it. Each week, it's like they're like, oh, yeah, we know you love it. Yeah. How about this? I'm like, are they adding these shots in during the week? They're not. No. But the the flipping of the buttons, just like a kid trying oh my to God. learn, learn yeah. things. And then the bone, the bone broth thing, which has become probably the most uh, shared thing on the Internet right yeah. now. Whether almost to the point where I'm like, okay, okay. Um, that's I got to say one of my favorite shots in life. Not oh, just yeah. Star Wars. Right. They're just like. The, I mean, it, it's funny and it's charming, but it, it actually builds a relationship of like, now I'm a curious child and I'm, maybe I understand stay here, but I'm certainly not going to do it. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing you can do. I'm, I'm going to remain by your side, dude. Like, why, try to leave me. And why are you fighting? Yeah. Like, what's going on with that? And thanks for my bone broth. Yeah. It's so great. It is so great. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, my final thing and just mm. list of, of stuff I like that I want to make sure to mention is I did really like seeing Cara Dune's brawl style fighting. Mm-hmm. I just really liked that. Uh, it seemed like she was willing to take a hit in order to get in physically closer and grab people. Oh, yeah. And I love just the amount of like stomping and uh, drowning people in booze. And it, it seemed yeah. like not uh, we've seen lots of different styles of fighting in Star Wars. And it's not the elegant flipping, dodging. It's the, I'm going to get in close and hammer you and kick your knees and wherever other vital parts I think are on. on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Even Mando got that, that shin kick. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. I like that. That's a great observation because it reminds me, uh, you know, Brianna Tarth fighting the hound in Game of Thrones where it's so oh, realistically yeah. br- brutal and crotch kicks and ear rips and all these things. It's not elegant. Um, Gina, obviously we know this is what she brings and yeah. you know, you know, surprised that they're going to use those skills to her advantage but i mean i mean again everyone knows but she's so legit like every you could just see the stuntman like ouch stop <laughs> please please no, no my wrist <laughs> and uh, and that's my final thing i'm sure we'll talk about but like the cara dune cara, cara dune car what did they say on the show because i thought it counteracted what she said at the press event well that is beautiful star, star wars right? tradition right right so I don't want to know the right answer. Cara. I think it's pronounced Leah. Leah. Leah Dune. It's spelled it's Cara Le- Cara, but Leah, it's pronounced Leah. Leah Laser Sword Dune. Leah Laser Sword Hand. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked uh, the character. I really hope Gina gets to grow in the role. No secret, Gina's uh, uh, doesn't come from an acting background. She'll be first to say, and, and she felt really comfortable and safe with Bryce Dallas Howard as the director on this episode. I think she's coming back for a couple more. You get that sense? Yeah, one would hope. One would hope, number one. And two, uh, you know, don't peruse IMDb credits, though. That's not always accurate. Sometimes they're like, 12 episodes. They shot eight. Um, <laughs> so I, I just really want her to grow in the character because I thought, more than anything, there, this was a character that I was like, I'd love to get a book of this character or, or a comic book too, where we can see a lot of the mono internal monologue going on. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. And I, I, you know, again, no secret what Gina's background is and she's making this transition. 
Um, she, she doesn't, you know, she, she, she knows what she's doing and I think, I think she'll grow into it. Yeah. And I really thought the character delivered on the promise that everyone had going in. Yeah. Yeah. She had, uh, awesome, like presence and mm-hmm. I think really complimented the Mando. And I think we didn't, besides getting to see her literally in action, yeah. uh, we didn't get to learn too much about the character. So it made me leaving, leaving me wanting, wanting more. Uh, let's go into kind of big canon effects and revelation. So there was a lot of small things with big meaning for the Mandalorian himself. Uh, we got the big reveal that he was indeed taken in. We were talking about this last yes. chapter speculating was that in those scenes where the, uh, super, uh, battle droid is mowing down the village. Is that a village of Mandalorians out of armor mm. or is it somewhere else? And he gets taken in yeah. and, uh, we discover that he gets taken in. What was your gut reaction to that revelation? I really like it. Uh, because, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of legends of uh, Mandalore stuff. I know some of it. And, and quite frankly, some of the Mandalorian legend stuff is is some of the most silly stuff out there that I roll my eyes at. I just say that. But I do like the concept behind anyone can be a Mandalorian. It goes a little bit to, you know, anyone can use the force type of type of atmosphere. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, important to the Star Wars story. I but I yeah, I love the Clone War stuff and I love that Lucas says, nah, here's kind of what's going on and Floney builds on that, which is why I'm excited about it because I got stopped at a, at a comic shop yesterday. Uh, a, a guy named Brandon McClure runs a, a, a podcast and used to work at the comic shop and nice. he's like can I ask you about the helmet thing? <laughs> People are getting People, getting bothered by this. Yeah. And I told them what I'll say now, and I think you you probably agree, is, is if Filoni wasn't involved, I'd be like, hmm, we might have stepped on some canon tongue here uh um which is served great grilled uh the <laughs> but Filoni knows he absolutely knows and even though Favreau might say hey here's the story I want to tell I think there's something coming with this the helmet the foundlings some kind of wrinkle to the Mandalorian canon uh that I'm excited to discover yeah absolutely I mean there I don't know a ton about the Mandalorians uh in Legends I didn't read a ton of those books but I do yeah. know that that big distinction that people that some people were bummed about when the Mandalorians got really roped into into canon in the Clone Wars was that they were more nomadic and that they did adopt people and you could become one yeah. so to me this just seems like a continuation of what Filoni has done and with things like Thrawn and Rebels yeah. of let's take the canon we have and mesh it a little bit with yeah. legends. And for me, the whole helmet taken off thing, it doesn't bother me at all because yeah. I try to relate things to real world mm-hmm. and asking, you know, we already know that Mandalorians have a whole big culture. We know why Satine isn't wearing the armor because yeah. she wanted to put the armor down. Right. Right. Even death watch who really, really believed in the armor mm. took helmets off. So to me, it's, clearly something that has to do with the specific group of Mandalorians who adopted uh, uh, the Mando right. and what was going on with them in that time. And this, to me, it goes back to like Lucas loving sociology mm. and wanting to show how different societies function. Mm. And I think anytime for myself, when I hear like a rule about a group of people like the Mandalorians mm. say, well, they're a culture who have lived a long time right. and they're not in lockstep. That's like yeah. saying what are American values 
mm. during 19, the 1940s. Right. Like, well, they might have changed for, for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, somebody could say, I am an American. Yeah. And uh, this is our flag and I believe in it. And that would be the same. Yeah. And yet you ask them, you know, about how they get to work or yeah. if it's OK for a woman to ask a guy out on a date, <laughs> yeah. you know, or vote. Yeah, yeah. or vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, those kind of things yeah. change. Yeah. Some things change. Some things don't. And, and yeah. obviously, no surprise uh, to yeah. say, I don't think this is uh, controversial. Yeah. Different Americans have different beliefs, <laughs> different beliefs about what it means to be an American yeah. and what is and is not yeah. appropriate. So uh, to me, it's just it, it makes it richer. Yeah. And, and, and this goes to uh, some of the stuff I've um, before he left Twitter, that Hidalgo guy uh, would tweet out. as one of the things I'd agree with. It's like not every bit of dialogue a character says is fact or canon right. or meant to be taken as such. Obi-Wan saying Luke is the chosen one uh, in story goes against George Lucas. Yeah. But that's what Obi-Wan built. And that's always interesting to me. So that's why I think I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not bothered by the helmet thing. We'll see where it goes. And if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, you know, if it's just, nope, this is what Mandalorians are. We'll figure that out. But, yeah. but the, the, the wrinkle of the uh, foundling, the, the adoption, which also adds to me more tension of, at any point, he could be like, you know what? I wasn't even born on Concord Dawn or Mandalore. I'm taking off my helmet. Yeah. I'm kissing this girl, having Spotch, going to hang out here for a bit. The, uh, but he's got to, he feels like, no, I can't even let them down. They saved me. Yeah. And I became them. So that's and I wonderful. was happy. And I was yeah. happy. And yeah. there's some wonderful tension there just on that alone. So yeah, he has that mini pause where he's searching for the word. Yeah. He's like, I was happy. Like a, like yep. it's a foreign word. And, and also <laughs> like, like he knows that is a weird thing to say that like, yeah. well, my parents were murdered. I was all alone. And then I was offered a lifestyle where I would hide a part of myself in order to become mm. stronger and to become a part of yeah. a culture. And I'm happy yeah. that I gave up my childhood and sealed myself inside armor for the rest of my <laughs> life. Like, is that a thing to say you're happy about? <laughs> wrestling yeah. with yeah uh yeah it, it, speaking of just figuring out all of the mandalorian canon right mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. is and is not true i know lucas himself has said some things about Django, yeah but as much as i love george lucas he's not driving right now yeah um so all we have in canon if we want to be canon hounds mm-hmm. is uh Almec, a corrupt politician right. telling obi-wan that Django is not a mandalorian right so it it opens up all these great questions of like well is that because Olmec is like, no, no, no. He did this. He got adopted. Yeah. That's, and that's not a Mandalorian. That's, I love this because I, I, I was, I'm not, I want to say guilty as we know right now. That's what our answer is. Django and Boba Fett, not Mandalorians. But again, it's like you just said, it's one character. It's according to one character and, and some Lucas sh- interviews. So who knows? Yeah, and Lucas interviews and, and Filoni background. Like, yeah. But in terms of story, you got one character with a shaky moral center. <laughs> really upset. Not just like, you yeah. know, no, 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 no. Like, no, how da- don't you even suggest that yeah. that Django fat, which also at the time when I heard it, the first time I was like, yeah, Django's pretty bad. You know, yeah. he's done some bad things. So anyways, I think it's open to debate. I think it's open to to change. And maybe Boba, maybe he's out there alive, survived, crawled out, and is like, man, I've done some things wrong in my life. How do I end up, you know, naked in a Sarlacc pit crawling yeah, out? He could be chilling in a krill village. Yeah. Right? Maybe I want to find out about this culture that I, that, uh, you know, my father 
help me appropriate. <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe I want to <laughs> be something more. That yeah. could, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's not a prediction, but just like this opens that pathway. And it's interesting versus hard facts. Yeah, this is always the way it is. Yeah. 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 And it, it, I think that's all great stuff to talk about. But then the thing that matters for the Mandalorian is this group, this, uh, this covert, group, yeah. this tribe, whatever noun they prefer, because <laughs> they've had several used. Yeah. This group of Mandalorians clearly believe that that is the way. And, and the way? if and there's also that question of is the group now he's with shattered remnants of Mandalorians from everywhere, which Paz Vizsla would suggest. Yeah. Or has he managed to stay with the same group that right. adopted him? Because clearly he was introduced to this idea by the group that adopted him when he was a child. Yeah. But that's also clearly what this current group, so either it's the same group or remnants of, yeah, or a bunch of different people adopted the like, no, you always, you always keep your armor on. Cause that's who we are. It's a great question. Cause this pause Vizsla character that, you know, gets a figure, God bless him. Um, yeah. You got to assume it's been around a while. And, and so it makes to me number one, an all-star kind of covert, but two, uh, they've seemed to have been living with this quote, this is the way view for a while now. Mm-hmm. So trying to do the math, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know that I, that's the answer we might never get. Right. Or again, we just have to take it at face value. I'm, you know what I mean? So it's like, did, did, did they adopt it five years ago? Yeah. It would seem like it's longer than that. Uh, when did, uh, you know, we last see Boca 10, everyone two years before New Hope, seven years before this. Like a lot could change. Right. The purge. Maybe the purge might be something enough that makes it go like, hey, we are alone in the galaxy now. Yeah. I mean, this I is get what we do. Yeah. From like, this is uh, random uh, speculating, I think responsible. Yeah. But clearly he, he met up, up with a group around the time of the Clone Wars based on his age and the droids mm-hmm. that uh, had this philosophy. Right. And that we're willing to adopt someone and let them become right. a Mandalorian or at least strive to become a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, something happens with the Empire that shatters the Mandalorian world. And this group is formed yeah. or uh, or right. reformed from the group that he found. So, yeah, he's got lots of room for various adventures <laughs> and responses to larger galactic uh, events and rules. Yeah. I really liked the line from the villager because it continued the tradition, but put a different spin on it of people having heard or read about Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're a Mandalorian or at least have the armor. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, driving home that distinction. And then I love that he says, well, I've read a lot about your people, uh, tribe, <laughs> because to me that, reinforced that the galaxy at wide knows the Mandalorians are mostly dead. Yeah. You don't have a people anymore. You're scattered groups. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah good, uh, good insight into the continued, every, every, everyone who seems to meet him as a, has a very clear experience with finally meeting a Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. almost like a, a weird meta version of our actual discussions about yeah. canon of like, I heard you never took your yeah. helmets off, but I heard about another Mandalorian who did take their helmet <laughs> yeah. off. What's the deal? Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Playing around uh, with it. So going forward with the armor canon that we learned about, uh, mm-hmm. the great conversation with Kara Cara Dune, mm-hmm. where she asked, well, what will happen if you take it off? Will they hunt you down and kill you? Yeah. Which is... And then he just says, uh, no, you, you can't put it back on. So right. There's a lot going on there. What was your reaction to that? Uh, I, 
It was a great question because I had that too. Who's going to, who in this village is going to tell? Yeah. <laughs> but you would tell yourself, you would tell on yes. yourself because that's how deep this, this is. And, and uh, you know, I think I made reference to the iron board in Game of Thrones, the Greyjoys of just like, did you pay for the iron price or, did you, or the gold price? Did you take it? And that, that is something that's going to run through you pretty powerfully for the rest of your life. And he'll know. And I, and I like, again, I like that tension. Um, it'd be very easy for him just to be like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to take this off, get some spot going to smooch and have a good day. Um, <laughs> it's a fair question for her to ask. And also for her to be like, you know, what happens when you do that? When she's probably at one point asked or still asked herself, what happens when I, this little rebel tattoo on my cheek, yeah. What happens when I take that off metaphorically and go find my way? Uh, I'm sure it had tied to her story as well, which I thought was, I thought they really did a good job of unveiling a little bit of her story too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah, we'll definitely uh, touch, touch base on that idea of mm. what her deal was. Yeah. I liked that she naturally positioned him as separate from them. Right. Cause he's yes. struggling to be a Mandalorian. She's like, well, what would the problem be? Yeah. They would come and not, and, and he's like, no, I, I, they are not a they. I am them. Yeah. We, that I am a Mandalorian. Is that yet another like? She didn't mean it the same way that like um, Quill did. Where it's like, right. well, you can't write a blurg. Your people used to write the Mythosaurus, but it is a little bit twisting the knife of like you're not mm. actually one of them. I don't think she means to. Right. Uh, but to me, it just drives home what I uh, is starting to feel like the absolute central question of his character: of is it honor? To make a choice to be like, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be uh, in a position to defend myself. I'm going to be in a position to defend the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I will always be strength. I will always project strength. And it's symbolized by the armor. And it's symbolized being a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Versus, I almost got killed. And I got thrown into this little container. Mm-hmm. The door was sealed. Yeah, That image of it slamming shut. And then I was adopted. And I was immediately given a culture where I was always sealed away. Yeah. And is it bravery and strength to always be the armor or are, or is it a kind of weakness and a kind of denial of humanity to lock yourself away? Right. That's the question I want to see him uh, have to answer. And I think that's what we're going to get to. We talked about this, the identity and claiming your identity. Um, for a lot of it, it has been, you've been a bounty hunter doing things. You got to go rediscover yourself as a Mandalorian. But then what is to now know that it also, you might not be sure about what that means. Yeah. Uh, delicious as yeah. Bachka. Could you see it being a story ultimately of the Mandalorians respect strength? So if mm-hmm. he is like, no, I am a Mandalorian mm-hmm. and this has been the way, but I'm going to change the rules a little bit and I'm still a Mandalorian. Yeah. I would want, I'd actually want that because yeah. to me, what do, what do you have with Duchess Satine? Talk about this is the way, thousands yeah. of generations of this is the way and her going, this can't be the way. Yeah. We can't, we, we shouldn't, this shouldn't be the way. We could be yeah. better than this. We can adapt. We can grow. This is the new way. This is the new way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the show is going to get into that direct of, of, of addressing Mandalorian culture. I don't know. I don't think yeah. so. It doesn't seem like it, but that to know that it's there and to, uh, and possibly see at the end of it. Uh, yeah. I don't think his he's helmet gonna... comes off at some point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. that might be just in front of us, the audience or just in front of uh, yeah. baby Yoda or yeah. Omera or Quill or whoever he feels <laughs> yeah. the most, uh, the most connected to, or it might get knocked off in battle. I think he'll probably make a choice. Yeah. I think he'll make, I think he'll make that choice. Yeah. But I feel like just the, the, 
visuals of the uh, the uh, hammer trauma montages. Yeah. For me, the visual language is time being sealed as a youth in that box yep. to it's not just about strength. There's a part of you that wants to be out from under this and know what that's like too. Yeah. And obviously that was the push pull of whether he not wants to stay in the beautiful village or not. Right. Right. And all that, uh, great juicy stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Cara Dune cause this is a mm-hmm. kind of big canon effect too. So she's got a little mini speech that she mostly did work post Endor being dropped in and wiping out yeah. Imperial warlords uh, and then it became mostly government stuff, uh, like shutting down uh, uh, protests. Is, I think, is, or, or not riots. shutting them down, but like, R- yeah, she, I think she said riots. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Suppressing riots. Suppressing you know, riots. keeping the peace. Right. Shifting from being, uh, she's the anti-Jedi. She's like, I'm not a peacekeeper. I want to kick ass. I want to kick ass. <laughs> I want to fight a war, and that didn't work for her. Yeah. So what did what did you get out of all that from both her character and canon picture? The the canon picture is is this era of the New Republic reforming and things aren't going great. We've talked about it. We've talked about the Mandalorian. Oh, it's a joke. Uh, and 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 tied, this ties into Mon Mothma, the demilitarization of the New Republic, and that we're not I don't, we're not going to get that on the show, but it just adds to what's already laid down. Uh, uh, Alphabet Squadron aftermath. And much as you, you, everyone always hears me get so excited over the Rogue One Rebel Rising novelization yeah. catalyst, catalyst era of of storytelling, this this is I'm very intrigued to see how ten years out what the New Republic is, and does you know I think we know fifteen twenty years we know some complacency in the First Order, but five years we're trying to establish this, and ten years what are we in that time period? Because it speaks to what she's saying is is it's, it's not what I signed up for. I signed up for war. Yeah. But it's not just war. I think she in she finds this she has no purpose. She has no purpose. And and yeah. guarding senators, as important that was, get, she felt she had no purpose. And so she's cut adrift in the galaxy and this little skirmish that she doesn't necessarily want at, at first. No. You talked about the PTSD. I've seen ATSDs destroy whole whole squads of troops. Um which, by the way, the ATSDs are now really scary and formidable again. Yeah. <laughs> after you watch. Which we'll talk about. Yes. Um, so I like it. And I like what she brings to it. Talking about Gina Carano uh, as a performer. She'll grow. Hopefully get a chance with this character. But look what she is. She's a fighter. She's a fighter who suddenly, with one punch, one match, got that all taken away from her. And now she's going around, oh, no, is this what I signed up for? i got to find myself in this new era. I, I trust that Bryce Dallas Howard, because she talks often, Gina Carano is very public about Bryce Dallas Howard helping her find this character. Yeah. That's got to, yeah, it's such a strong connective thread. A warrior looking for their place post-war. And so I thought that little speech, and that's what I really was able to focus on the second time around. Yeah. Which is why we encourage second, third, or fourth viewings, not just for fun, but also just to pick things up. It was all, That was all very present there. Yeah. This new era of the New Republic and the character trying to find a place. Yeah. And she punches and kicks. <laughs> she does punch and kick and drown well. Yeah, in terms of just like the canon picture, it does. It, it meshes up so, so well with the honesty of... Mon Mothman's approach of like, we really want to demilitarize. We don't want to have a big military presence. So yeah, we just, just, you're just keeping the peace. That's what we want. That's what's ideal. And how that is both noble Mm -hmm. and maybe doesn't work for some people, you know, so it it invites ideas of, is this totally personal to Cara Dune? Mm. Or is she like, 
hey, I think there's some people whose asses need to be kicked by the New Republic, but you won't assign mm. us to do that. So is yeah. it that she thinks things that are necessary aren't being done, or is it entirely personal? Yeah. That mm. she was like, I, you know, is often happens obviously uh, to actual military vets, right? You, yeah. it's, you, you come back to an entirely different reality yeah. when you've been used to being in conflict, right? Yep. And it's hard. And it could mm-hmm. be just as simple as that. that is the story, but in the Star Wars galaxy and with the Star Wars spin. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Do you think she is projecting when she's asking those questions of the Mandalorian at the end of like, because she seems to be leaving the village too. She's not she like, is, yeah. hey, you chump, I'm going to sit here right. and protect them and drink spotchka. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're, you could be here with me. She leaves. Yeah. So is, is she just putting on him what she is asking herself of why can't I sit back and enjoy a life like this? I hope so. Like, I hope that wrinkle is there. We find out more. Again, this is why I was you know, like, oh, give me a little Cara Dune five-issue comic right now. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. She, she. It's not that there's nothing there for her, and I don't want to break it down as simple as there's someone there she wants to stay with. But, like, yeah, I think she's a restless soul, and this is this served a purpose. The purpose was my my what I'm good at is fighting, defending people, fighting for for freedom. We gave that to them. I need to go find it elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's a great angle. And then, yeah, she might be trying to Mando tell yeah. Mando, why won't you stay? <laughs> why won't I stay? Do you yeah. get the sense that someone is after her? That she broke some rules? Yes, that was yes. Uh, the, the whole thing with the puck at the beginning and the, and, and the fight. Yeah, and, like and I broth. assume you had a, a puck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it could be yeah, yeah. Desertion, leaving AWOL, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, tired of uh, Garden. Uh, you know, Mon Mothma. Did she mow yeah. down an Imperial yeah. warlord that <laughs> she was supposed to take into right? custody? Oh, yeah. Is it is it yeah. a uh, an overkill situation? Is it just a that could it's be interesting, hard, yeah. It's hard to picture the New Republic that is trying to de-escalate going, well, you can't desert from our army that we're trying to basically get to stand down and, you know, power down anyway. Right, right. So it makes me feel more like she crossed the line or crossed somebody not the New Republic. Yeah, oh, that's a possibility, which is why some of these, because I, I also doubt the New Republic would hire bounty hunters to go after their deserted. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like they'd have an internal affairs wing that would uh, go after they're her. They're kind of so. hiring some, that's kind of part of Alphabet Squadron, right? That they're yeah. kind of hiring some sketchy people. Yeah. So it would make sense. It would make sense that maybe she left. Maybe she did leave. Maybe she was like Nora Wexley, kind of retired and then got into some stuff. Yeah. She can't stay out of fights. <laughs> uh, and then she's on the run for that. Yeah. I did like that just moment of honor where the Mandela is like, well, this planet's taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one badass brawling mercenary type. So I got to go. Yeah. Uh, ATSD, you mentioned uh, in terms of big canon, they yeah. really recontextualized it. I saw some people both joking and I think sincerely the ATSD being a huge unstoppable threat that is ultimately stopped. Is it disrespectful to the work of the Ewoks? <laughs> no, I think it's an honor. It's an honor. It just shows how much uh, ingenuity uh, that yeah. they had. Yeah, and how you can be up there safe, uh, what you feel is your safe uh, technological terror, and you can be brought down by a, a muddy bank. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. Like, I make the jokes about the Ewoks, but, like, you know, it was obviously part of the lessons of Return of the Jedi. But, but ATSDs never, they seem pretty... Weak once you throw some logs in front of them. Uh, yeah. If you blow real hard, they'll fall over. Um, so it's good to have some threat terror back into them. I, look, I, you're t- I'm a kid. I know I'm not alone. 
I used to daydream about what that ATSD was doing on Hoth. Right. Oh, that, that, <laughs> the yeah, one the one in the background walking, that's marching like, like, ooh, did I get the wrong orders? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that one? It's a baby walker. What is that a little chicken walker, as yeah. it was called? As yeah. it was, yeah, as it was called. Uh, so take your adats, uh, uh, your your scorn of, of the phrase adat and, and, and shove it, because chicken walker is what I grew up calling those things. Um Anyways, I'm I'm losing my no. I think track, your your point that it adds only to the legends yes. of the Ewoks that they are hard to take down. But they're great warriors. Yeah, know. and I, I just like that the idea that part of the Empire's power was its massive military and like these machines yeah. of death and just some kind of low rent raiders who didn't seem otherwise that impressive. Really, mm, no. Uh, if they have one piece of Imperial tech. Yeah. It means they are a menace. I think that elevates the threat of what the Empire was yeah. and why these various Imperial warlords might still have a little bit of hold. Because, like, well, we still have a little bit of that might yeah. uh, on our side. And just seeing, didn't stop Kira doing it all, but just the, like, oh yeah, this is horrible. And the things it can do to people is horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, you're right on with all of that there. You're right on with it all of it. I just, like, imagine... This is one. Imagine 20 of them, you know? Yeah, coming down on you. Terrifying. Uh, let's talk a little bit about themes. So mm. we've danced around a lot of them because they're they're so weaved into this episode. Mm. But in a specific angle that I really enjoyed about this episode is it seemed to have this theme of just getting to live. Mm. Yeah. We were talking about with uh, Kara Cardoon that she seems to be struggling with just wanting to live. Right. Uh, that's obviously a central conflict for the Mandalorian of like, mm. I could just sit here and eat food inside with my helmet off and yep. watch baby Yoda grow up. But that goes with everything that, mm-hmm. that intro at the beginning shows us just like, Hey, these people are just getting by having yep. a way of life. They've lived here for generations. Even the Raiders mm. as Star Wars villains go, don't have a big plan. They stole the fish and made some of the booze out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're just sitting there around the campfire trading stories and drinking. They're just yes. like, they're criminals. They're probably going to do something more awful. Yeah. But what we see them do in the episode is just exist, <laughs> not try to get on to the next thing. Right. Uh, and I found that just really compelling because that is a part of Star Wars that there's not room to show a lot in the movies. Of uh, Is that the ultimate goal? To just, just be able to exist and have a peaceful, normal life. I liked it really, really in terms of uh, in the villagers. I liked it. They, they're, you know, they knew they couldn't leave. <laughs> Amanda's like, you can't live here anymore. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> so great. No. My grandparents ceded these lands. And yeah. I, I just, that, that's where I thought Julie Jones really, uh, she was great in this, all, this episode, but just, we're not leaving. Yeah. We're not leaving. And, and the fact that that would definitely inspire, move the Mandalorian to be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I had to leave. I had to leave. I got you know, like you said, shoved into this thing. But clearly, the separatists were, or the battle droids. I don't know. Couldn't, couldn't. Who knows who's controlling those uh, battle droids in that flashback? Um, it connects to that too. Like, yeah, yeah. I got run off too. So we just want to live. We just want to survive. Right. That's, that's a good, powerful theme. And for the Mandalorian, and all the conversations he has with Omera, like this is explicitly what was taken from me. Yeah. And she brings it up, like, oh, you've been. Mm-hmm. that way since you've been in yeah. this armor since you were a child and the conversations about baby Yoda is that I think that's where the Mandalorian is coming from of leaving him of like, well with me, I'll keep him alive, but he's yeah. going to be 
getting people trying to experiment on him. He's going to be having to use the force and take Mm. massive naps. (laughs) But here he can just be, he can survive a kid and he can just live life, you know, and I loved how much that was specifically called out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the other Mm -hmm. big thing that is a part of the whole show, but was really strong in this episode is how do you actually construct identity? Like you mentioned those villagers saying, oh, no, our grandfathers seeded these ponds. We've been here for generations. So that's one way to construct identity. Right. Uh, Cardoon is still clearly saying, well, that's not my identity, but doesn't seem like she entirely knows. So we are searching. Yeah. Um, And obviously Omera made a choice from wherever else she came from, wherever else she uh, went through. This is where she is now. Yeah. Did that, did you feel like that was particularly strong in this episode? The idea of how you go about constructing your identity? Yeah. Yeah. And I still, we're still going to get more of the answers, but again, I, I go to the, the villagers, uh, fight and survive him, but, but they all got, they had a sense of, they, they knew who they were. Yeah. You know, it was certain and not, not in, there's no right path to discovering your, your identity there. Right. But, and you, and who you are, but, but they, they were, that's why they were willing to fight for it and do something they weren't, used to train to train for um and hopefully that that can uh, inspire the mandalorian in, in his search yeah because uh, he's still he's got a lot going on in that head to, to build yeah and there's no right way so it's it's a long and winding road <laughs> rolling around he would say <laughs> yeah yep paul mccartney is singing inside the mando so <laughs> that's what we're saying we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to look at some other favorite moments from the mandalorian chapter four deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to talk more Mandalorian Chapter 4. So, directorial moments. You mentioned, Ken, liking some of Bryce Dallas Howard's specific choices. What spoke to you? I, every image, uh, <laughs> every image of the battle sequence. Okay. Um, when it started, there's some stuff, there's some stuff, nothing to do with her. I'll tell you, I don't like extras who don't know how to hold guns. <laughs> okay. There, Star Wars, I think, is going to be a, a rough road yeah. for you in general. Well, I'm also <laughs> looking at you, Padme. But um, no, so aside from that, no, I thought everything about, you know, these sequences, that's that's key as, as, a, as a director now in, in these, you know, if you're searching for a, a event filmmaking jobs, you're going to need a show. Deborah Chow, I was so excited that she was able to have a big action sequence. Yeah. Give me John Wick in space. So for Bryce Dallas Howard... I don't, I don't know a lot of her work. She's got some smaller resume right now, right? So she comes in. On the directing and, side, On yeah. the directing side, yeah, yeah. Um, so to come in, and I was like, all right, what are we getting? And I, I, along the way, I got all the character decisions and everything. Uh, and her her use of Baby Yoda and, and their use as a team is Baby Yoda's great. But I, I found myself, after not, like, all right, let me think about the episode the first time. What brought me back was like, when they hear that ATSD, when it, the eyes are red and everything, the birds fly away. Yeah, yeah. Everything about that, uh, built a lot of great tension and was very star Wars to me. Yeah. Let's talk about what is star Wars. And she, she's delivered some of the better star Wars moments in this series so far for me. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, I really liked the, 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 uh, sense of peace, which I thought was really skillfully shot in this episode, starting with, like the the little blue fish underwater i mean you that's amniotic it's literally mm. connecting to the calmness of being in the womb yeah. to start with that image is like this is what's at stake mm-hmm. and so many of those big shots of the village at a distance so you can see the right. sort of longing for like it's a small community with direct connection and purpose and like a thing that a lot of us are sometimes pining for because oh, yeah. it's the opposite of what we a lot of times yeah. have now with social media and lots of distractions. We're just like, <laughs> what if that was just your life? And it's in the script, but just the way she shot it, it, it that sense of peace mm-hmm. sings. 
after the battle, there's a specific feeling when you play Legend of Zelda (laughs) and you go into an area that is all warped and diseased. Mm. And then you go down into the temple and you get the villains out, you get the infection out, and then you reemerge from the temple. And that same area is beautiful and peaceful and you just want to run around. Yeah. And they, she got that exact feel that I've had. Oh yeah. uh, With just like, well, if Mando's not going to live there, can I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least for a little while. Yeah. Oh, no. Trust me, as someone who often texts my friend Mark Riley and just says, can we move to Montana yet? Yeah. And get away from all of this? Yeah. Yes. That, that, she shot that very well. Yeah. Yeah, I think she pulled a lot out of um, a script that was just like, hey, let's do this. Let's tell this story. Everyone can kind of see where it's going. And I'm okay with that. I don't need everything to surprise me and twist at every turn. I yeah. just like, how do we get there? And she pulled out some great small little emotional human moments. The Mandalorian was, he himself was the most human we've seen him yet. Right. Including ordering bone broth for the little little one here. Right. Like, and he needs to eat. He yeah. needs to sleep. He's a functional human being or humanoid, whatever uh, under there. <laughs> uh, and I think she was really able to pull that out of yeah. the script. Yeah. Even that shot where they're in the cart and they're going to the village, but it's night yeah. and baby Yoda lies. They all lie back, but baby Yoda lies back and looks at the stars. stars. Come on. That's an underrated right? moment. Right? That's going to be forgotten in a lot of the hoopla and the ATSDs and the bone broth. That was a sweet, sweet moment. Right. It's that sense of yeah. peace and being connected to the natural yeah. beauty around you. And then it's disrupted by yeah. this horrible mechanization of the past yeah. of the empire and and then just that when, when he leans back and and the son essentially copies the father in a yeah. way like oh <laughs> so good this is how you do it uh all right we're gonna move on to some of our little favorite moments that we like that are uh, very specific so we've been looking for action figure inspired moments were there yeah. any action figure moments that uh that sang to you uh, to me, it was uh, Cardoon, just like, give me your blaster, give me your rifle, give me your, your pulse, whatever. Give me your pulse, pulse rifle. Pulse rifle. Yeah. Run it in and engage in a uh, uh, ATSD. Less, well, action figure indeed, but more uh, Star Wars video game. Because every Star Wars video game, at some point, you have to fight an ATSD by yourself. Right. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of running, ducking, diving, force, ducking, diving, run. Um and I, I, that was, I love that moment. She finally shoots into the, uh, the left, uh, no right eye of the, of the walker. Yeah. The, yeah. the going red. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a literal action figure moment because I think this one is available as a vintage <laughs> action. It's a Lego. So. And I think it is available as a vintage yes. action figure. I didn't allow myself to look at it too, uh, closely. I could yeah. be wrong, but yeah, I, this, the whole thing had like it, not just action figures, but village playset that yes. comes with exclusive uh, ATSD uh, Raider version. And it's got a trap door that you can trap its leg in. <laughs> I can see like eight year old kids in the cheesy eighties oh, commercial. Yeah. Like the ATSD is trapped. <laughs> ATSD does not come with mud. <laughs> Spotchka should not actually be drank by children, but it does come with a little vat where you can make yeah. little blue ooze. Right. Ooze. Yeah. Whole mm. thing had a great, uh, great yeah. vibe. Would you want in a village playset, would you want it to come with bonus uh, action figures of the two principal villagers, Cabin and Stoke? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. You were a little challenged by the villagers, though, right? Um, I wanted to touch on that. It's a real world thing. And, and this isn't a it, it wasn't as if the, the acting wasn't bad. These are professionals. Uh, I think because I, I live with a working actor. She she said some of the issues. 
uh, in this episode where a lot of the actors seem to be making choices as if they were in different shows. And those guys, the tone came off a little bit different to me. That's a very real world thing uh, that does not take my joy away from the right. episode, but I, yeah. and I, but I did like them. Yeah. I, I liked their, I liked, I liked, uh, I liked everything about the villagers and the concept, but, but yes, but I would take them because I enjoyed those characters. Yeah. It is a thing that is happening more and more where, uh, in Marvel or star Wars, suddenly someone, you know, from a sitcom, yes. And uh, the mm. one actor plays the character Pillboy on The Good Place, and okay. he is hilarious. Mm. So there, you have to. There's a little bit of emotional work to go. Yeah. Uh, did Pillboy, the kind of uh, cool dopey <laughs> guy from Florida, just try to hire the Mandalorian? <laughs> like, there's yeah, a little bit of that to, to to move past. But I did. I moved past. Best grizzled weirdo moments. Oh, this yeah. one's this is going to strain our definition of grizzled weirdo, it is. right? Right. It's good, right? We want to kind of strain it. Um, I I was going to say it just might be all of the Mando himself, <laughs> Mando leaning back, Mando going no. Actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. I will. I'll put it on Mando's shoulders. Okay. It's when he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to need one more thing: the credits. Like, oh, you really, oh, you want, you're taking their money. Okay. All right. It's still a job for you. I thought that was, yeah, yeah I know a lot of it he's using to pay care. He's using it to pay, pay care. Of care. Yeah. yeah. I think the moment that amused me is when, uh, Omera, we first was getting there and she's like, is, is the barn good? And do you want this? Sure. Yeah. Uh, would you like that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of these sures were sure. great, uh, great grizzled weirdo moments. Mm. And I, I do like when he says like, oh yeah, the baby Yoda can play, but he get not, wait, not outside. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine. No, it'll be, it'll, it'll, be, be, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be fine. It'll be uh, fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, because he's 50 years old, that baby Yoda counts as a grizzled weirdo. Yeah. Uh, the the frog bit was great. I try yes. not to shout during television shows. I watch it with uh, my yeah. wife, and as soon as the kid tried to catch that frog, I was like, "Baby Yoda could catch that frog." <laughs> <laughs> and I love the payoff. Quiet, Joseph. Uh, quiet. Yeah, I love the payoff that absolutely uh, he did catch <laughs> uh, catch that. Try to eat it and spit it out. Yeah. What was your take? Was the frog gross, or was Baby I'm- Yoda being socialized by the other kids being grossed out? Uh, he's being socialized, uh, but I want him to be able to eat his dinners. Like I want him to, you know, if he eats frogs, eat frogs. All right. I'm not going to, you know, bones and all heart beating heart and all great. Um, but yeah, maybe that's not something I'd see Yoda doing. I think at one point, like someone probably turned to Yoda, some great Jedi we've never heard of. And it's like, you know, we don't eat the frogs alive here. Um, but I also, as someone who's not an adventurous eater, it's always, I have to turn away a little bit. When Baby Yoda jumps down, the <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. frog. I, I hope that there is a moment now where Baby Yoda sneaks up on somebody else's interaction, and instead of having bone broth, he's in the middle of sucking down a whole frog. <laughs> frog. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would quite call Omera a grizzled weirdo, but I did want to touch on her character because we talked a lot about yeah. you know uh, her interaction and her dynamic with the Mandalorian. But I did mm-hmm. want to ask you: Do you want to hear her backstory? Because she clearly came from somewhere and got those skills and that life perspective. Do you think we're going to hear that story? Do you want to hear that story? I would want to hear the story. I definitely don't need it in terms of the show. And I don't know if we're going to get more, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe this whole show ends with Mandalorian going back to the village with his helmet off. And it's like, Oh yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> um, but because to me it was it was present, you know, the fact that she's the one that could shoot, and she's you know, yeah. And by the way, if you have a problem with her being the one that can shoot in the middle of a galactic civil war era where she's surviving on her own, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, I thought she did a great job talking about acting. She did a great job of just of, of, of having a store behind the eyes and having a, a yeah. purpose. And when she was like, we're not leaving, that was, that was one of the better moments of the episode and of the, of the show so far. Yeah. I love that. She did carry both the perspective from the beginning of like, this is serious. I'm really frightened. Mm-hmm. You know, the inventive way oh. to hide, uh, her child. Yeah. And the little girl was great. Too. Uh, yeah. Her child winter. So you get that total, uh, this is these are big stakes this is frightening Hmm. but also that absolute classic but we can't run away from it yeah we'll put the children behind us but everybody else who's over this age you're getting a blaster you're getting a spear and we are not going to turn away from this so to see it was cool that she got to represent both well i I loved in that that sequence Mando and, and Cardoon are going to help and they know why they're there for and, you know, they're going to fight. Uh, and then they're afraid, by the way, when they learn of the walkers. But I like that they're like, there's only two of us and uh, one of the, one, your villager buddies yeah. there is like, uh, boy, yeah. there's 20 of us. <laughs> there's 20 of us. That's, yeah. that's, that's, it's And again, we know what's happening. You've either seen Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven or Three Amigos. You've seen it all. Yeah. We know what's happening. the Clone happening. Wars episode. Go the Clone Wars. Um, you, see, you know, it's kind of, but I, forget all that. Forget where it comes from. Enjoy what's in front of you. And I, I thought that was a great moment of like, no, we want to fight for this. Yeah. We want, when she says we're staying, they're staying. So that was great. Yeah. And the great leadership when she is, yeah. you know, taking down uh, the Raiders and then also screaming. Yeah. Hey, yeah. get out there and fight. Get Cameron out there. Um, I, I vote her uh, village chief. Village chief. Absolutely. <laughs> she is in charge. All right. Let's make some predictions for next week, next chapter, or big picture. You you already uh, took a big swing. That is, is going to end with uh, <laughs> the Mando. Uh, I mean, I'm talking the end, like season three. Season three <laughs> is a big wedding ceremony. Yes. In the Krill Fishing Village. <laughs> <laughs> the rings will be presented by Flamingo Droid. We're um, calling it. Uh, what are your predictions for next week, though? Well, you know, when Garadan's cousin shows up to... Uh, uh, yeah. Assume, assume they're all related. To, Armored Kubaz, uh, <laughs> yeah. To uh, take the shot, which, by the way, was great because, again, you know he's not going to kill Baby Yoda. But for two seconds, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the tension, the tension was real. Yeah, and I, <laughs> so when you hear the blaster shot and, and uh, Cara dudes revealed to standing there, my, my girlfriend just yelled, "At least one person's paying attention." <laughs> um, so I like that he's pushed on, and I like he has to take the kid, uh, and uh, I, I'm just excited for more weirdos coming evil weirdos coming yeah. after him and and that's i don't have a specific prediction quite yet yeah so if uh some of the various things we've seen in trailers uh are to be believed mm-hmm. that mando is gonna reteam with some of these other characters mm. i'm wondering if the way ig11 gets back into it is quill goes and reprograms him i, I really hope ig11 comes back um though I, I do love the humor of the idea of this like if he's not and they're like nope that's no okay. he's got shot in the head that's it <laughs> um, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I guess I I'm okay with none of these characters coming back. Though. Okay, I want all of them to come back. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's great. They're great characters. Yeah, but I yeah. Ig eleven repair them. Yeah, it's just a fast way to get him back. Yeah, get get the team back together. If that is where we're yeah. heading, do you think that the Mandalorian makes it off world? Off world uh, before the next his next yeah. chapter his next adventure I, because yeah. A, there, there has been a decent amount of kind of taking up where we left off, right? Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of the surprise of Chapter 2 was, 
we all kind of assumed it would begin where chapter three did. And right. instead he has this whole bonding adventure with baby Yoda. Mm. Mm. I think he will I think he'll get off world. And you're talking about in episode five, right? When yeah. I guess, I mean, okay. uh, chapter five yeah. begins. Uh, is it oh. Man- Mando and baby Yoda flipping switches in the razor crest or is it, there's somebody waiting for them when they get to the razor crest or they're, uh, or they're attacked oh, along the way. I think, that, yeah. I think he's off world with no incident. Okay. And I think, yeah, I think we pick up landed somewhere else and problems elsewhere. I wouldn't mind a, a, a space chase. Ooh, yeah. And by the way, can we address one thing? I saw some people tweeting. Please. Uh, one of them was a sheriff, the Lancaster uh, Sheriff's Department, old buddy I worked with. I get the tactics. <laughs> He's like, why couldn't, gee, if only the Mandalorian had air support nearby to take out the ATSD. Yes, a Razor Crest was a day's ride away. Mm-hmm. I guess you could have gone and done it. But here's my answer to a lot of those things. Uh, but where's the fun in that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not a, not a question you have to ask uh, when you're actually doing any sort yes. of uh, yes. action like that in the real world. Yes. Oh, real I world? hope people aren't going like, Absolutely. yeah, that would be the easy way to do it. But what would be fun? Yeah, I had that thought, too. of like, oh, well, the ship's got two guns on it, but it is a day away. Does he, can he afford the time to go? If he had a jetpack, he could go. Fly yeah, and he guy. wants one. We know that he's um, going to get one. I was he leaves the Razor Crest. I'll say this. Mando's got some interesting decisions uh, in his on his resume here. He leaves the Razor Crest pretty unprotected in a lot of places, and it already cost him a little bit. You'd think he'd learn, can I bring my ship? Can I park it nearby? Right. Well, what if what if that is the opening scene of Chapter 5, is the Razor Crest <laughs> being there vulnerable, and we see somebody sneak up on it, and it's just, it's just kitted out with, like, James Bond-like traps, <laughs> and people are getting mowed down, shocked. I would be okay with that. Trip mind. If he finally learns the lesson. <laughs> if he finally learns the lesson. Yeah, you get I get that sense with the Mandalorian too of just sort of like uh he he's a guy just like all of us looks at your to-do list and go not all those things are going to get done. Yeah, <laughs> like, I need to sleep. I need to eat with my helmet off when no one's watching. I need to protect yeah. this baby. I need to go through my emotional drama. I need to protect <laughs> the razor crest. And I can't do all those things at yeah, once. Something's got to go. Get to off Tuesday. my back. Yeah. Uh, my last uh, kind of prediction slash question mm. is, do you think that the next chapter is going to be the Mando responding to a threat? Like, we're we're halfway through. Is Moff Gideon going to show up and uh, and corner him? Uh, is he going to have another gauntlet of bounty hunters? Or in Chapter Five, are we going to see him do something proactive and say, "Okay, they're ne- they, that tracking fob was for Baby Yoda. There's nowhere I can hide. They're going to come for him. So instead, I'll go for them." I think that's coming, but I think that's coming later. And I, yeah, Moff Gideon, a great question, right? Yeah, like like. Let's get it going. Let's get yeah. it going. Uh, I think he's going to have a little more side quests action. But I think I think what you're describing, I think, only makes sense to me for this guy. F- nuts to this. Yeah. I've tried to hide. I've tried to barter. I've tried to... I, I got. We'll go at him. Tried to just drop him off in a village. Now yep. it is time to make an armored mm-hmm. baby Yoda sling. Yep. <laughs> and just yep. go into battle. I, I think that we're going to get an ass-kicking... Yeah. Uh, I think Baby Yoda will use the Force again. Yeah, I don't think he's going to Force choke anybody, or is he? Or is he? <laughs> is he? Uh, yeah, my final prediction is I, because I believe they said that she was going to be in two episodes. I think there's a good chance of uh, Ming Na Wen's character showing oh, yeah. up uh, in the next chapter. Yeah, because we're we're heading into it. Yes, second half. Yes, so it's much crazy. exciting Mandalorian left uh, to think everything we've been through. Uh, we get 
yeah. that again. We're going to close on a personal question inspired by the episode, Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Uh, where you are in life, you make your jokes about Montana. Yes. Would you be happy living in a small fishing village like the Mandalorian was offered? No, I want to. I wish I was. <laughs> this comes up a lot. I almost moved out of L.A. in May 2015, kind of done with my career and life, and I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm going back home. I live, you know, my parents, where I grew up is at Pismo Beach. Uh, talking about fishing villages, it's right on the beach. Right. Uh, it's beautiful. Go, yeah. Relaxing. Uh, I could have, I could, it's it's the, I could get a job, hide out, not have to worry about my, my likes, my clicks, my views, my tweets, everything, and just kind of go. But I love to work. I love to work. And... I'm not the rock, but I wish I was where I could just work and work and work. And it's not a great trait, by the way, but um, I want to be. Right. So I'm right there with the Mandalorian. I'm looking out there. This is great. This is great. A week from now, I'm going to want traffic. Yeah. Yeah. I really related to the Mando saying, I don't belong here. you got a sense that there's an element of tragedy of that, of like, I'm never going to have this life that was taken from me when I was a kid Mm -hmm. in the armor is who I am now. So I don't belong and trouble is going to follow me and all that kind of stuff. But you did get a little bit of sense of like, also, he was just like, I would get very bored. (laughs) This seems nice now. But yeah, that's where I am. I, you know, I was, yeah. I was born in a yeah. small town, Brainerd, Minnesota, in in the north, uh, and yeah. lived in some smaller towns. But I felt like I came into who I am mm. in the big city, and I, man, I love relaxing. Yeah, uh, vacations around beautiful, calm places. <laughs> but then it was just like, hey, we just had a, a nice long vacation over Thanksgiving. And yeah. It's like. Uh, I need to see some controversy on Twitter. I'm, I'm getting restless. <laughs> Let me tweet. Yeah, well, it's like when you went uh, up to uh, Arrow Bear recently and saw the snow, you probably, it was probably that, uh, like, your version of going to the armor. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I could feel the ache in my arms from <laughs> shoveling and in my ankles from trying to wade through it all. <sighs> is it armor or is it weird fear? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, that is our look at uh, Chapter 4. Any final thoughts, Ken? Uh, no, uh, all there. Uh, in the end, this episode has just a lot for you there uh, to chew to chew on, and I, I really happy the episode, and happy to have Bryce Dallas Howard uh, in the directing universe, but particularly the Star Wars directing universe, and hope she gets more opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely, a lot to chew on or swallow whole like a frog if you choose. That is our episode. <laughs> we have spoken. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.